The promise of the Father was power from on high. And after the resurrection, Jesus appeared to Mary Magdalene first. Then he appeared to the 12 disciples. Then he appeared to 500 brethren for 40 days and 40 nights, performing signs and miracles. They was to go back to Jerusalem for 10 days, fulfilling the 50 days. Then he would outpour the Spirit upon their lives. So Jesus lifted up his hands and blessed them in Luke 24. They worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. The Spirit of God in a personal life brings what? Great joy. Not just joy, but great joy. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. And they worshipped him. Verse 53. They continued in the temple of praising and blessing God, waiting for the promise of the Father. It came as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house full of the Holy Ghost and fire. And Peter said in about Carnesius' house, said they received it just like we did. It doesn't say it, but Carnesius' house was a rushing mighty wind as the power of God came upon their lives and filled their lives. The things that God desires to do in our lives today is the same thing. Conversion of Simon the Saucer. We find in Matthew 9 and 8, when the multitude saw the miraculous, glorifying God, because he gives such power to men. It is God's plan for the church to have the same powers today that Jesus had. That's, that, 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 that's the scripture. We're to have the same power that he had. And it says right there in Matthew 9 and 8. Then Mark 2, 10, the Son of Man have no power, has power on the earth to forgive sin. Now, we're not saying tonight people sin because you get sick sometimes. But sickness is the afterbirth of Adam's sin. He's the one that brought sin in this world. He's the one that brought sickness in this world. But Jesus came, and by his stripes, we are to be healed. I'm going to share with you before we close. And I'm concerned about the church, and has been for a long time. Not this church, but the church in general. Not only I am, I've read some others. One of them is John Hagee. I'll share with you about him, his concern. We are set free from the things of the world should not be coming on the church. And I know we can't say hardly no more the divorce rate in the church is higher or higher than what it is in the world. That should not be. That should not be. Because we are set aside for the glory of God and the purpose of God. And the Bible says after the resurrection, Mark 16, 20, they went forth preaching everywhere and the Lord working with them, confirming the word with signs follow. God only confirms the word, not my word, but his word. They was preaching the word to confirm the word. Then we find in Luke 9, 43, they were all amazed at the mighty power of God that he had given to the disciples. So Simon the sorcerer, we find him in the 8th chapter of Acts. And there was a man named there, and he had great power, the Bible says in verse 8. But also there was great joy in that city. And uh, verse 9 said he'd given himself 
as a one great one, Simon was. He gave himself as a great one. Verse 10 said, They all gave heed to Simon from the least to the greatest, saying, This man is the greatest power of God. Now, they recognized him as the greatest power of God. But something is about to change. They all been freed from the demonic forces of darkness. All the people. I believe that God planned for this city to be healed. I believe that's his plan. Why would he do it to the Samaritans in Acts 8? Heal all of them. They were sick. Cast out all demons and not do it today. Peggy's been sick since 1988. That is not the plan of God. And if you're sick here tonight, it's not the God's plan for you to be sick and stay sick. And I'll share more about that. You're going to get sick sometime. But it's God's plan to heal you and to raise you up. That's his plan in the gospel of Christ. And Philip preached Jesus Christ. In other words, he preached the word. He preached the word. Christ is the word. He preached concerning the kingdom of God in verse 12. They were all baptized in the name of Jesus. And Simon continued with Philip and wondering and beholding the miracles and signs which Philip did. I want you to notice from the least to the greatest, believe that Simon had the greatest power of God. But when he saw Philip operating under the manifestation of the Holy Ghost, and he saw Peter and John lay their hands on the sick, I mean on them, and they received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. John Hagee says, in every church service, a miracle ought to be happening. So many people come to church in needs. They need a need. And they need to be miracle happening. I read that little book, Rhonda, you asked me that one the other day. Somebody brought it by the church. A little old book on John Hagee about healing. It is God's plan to demonstrate his power and his authority in the church. And the purpose for this is to win them over by the power of God. That's the only thing that wins people to God is the power of God. So when he saw this, the laying on of hands, and they received the Holy Ghost, what happens when you receive the Holy Ghost? He said, you shall see what? Power. You shall receive power. And Simon, they recognized him had the greatest power of God, but when he seen this power in operation, he wanted to buy it because he knew the power of God, what he seen was greater than the power he is. I believe tonight that God is greater than any power on the face of this earth. He's greater than anything on the face of this earth and what he wants to do in our life. They're won them over by the power of God. 1 Corinthians 2 and 4 said, And my speech and my preaching, Paul said, was with not enticing words of men's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of the power of God. If anybody could spoke perfect English or whatever, and a great speaker, who was that? Paul. And some writers, some commentaries said that's the reason he was so effective because of his speech language. That's not true. 
He said, I didn't come with the enticing words of men's wisdom. I come in the demonstration of the power of God where your faith would not rest in men, but it would rest in God. If anybody could, he could. But he wouldn't do it because he knew the power of God is greater than any excellency of speech or word. It's the power of God. How do we believe that's what we need today? We need the power of God. Now, I'm going to talk about us. I'm talking about the church world. And it's the way to win the people over to God. I don't know where you've been noticing or not, but we had some visitors here this morning I've never seen here before. They sit right over there. There's some other visitors been coming on a regular basis. There's some sit right over here. And they're coming. So we need a demonstration of the Spirit and the power of God. Remember what Brother Sachs said about the praise and worship team? Anybody remember? We didn't just bring the glory down. We went up to where the glory was. The praise and worship. It's wonderful. We'll get to that again. It's wonderful to participate in what? Praise and worship. People can get healed during praise and worship because it's the Spirit of God that does what? The healing. It's the Spirit of God that draws people. It draws people. Paul said, I won them over by the power of God. And he said it was a uh, manifestation of the Spirit of God with putting God on exhibit. I did this so that you, verse 5, I did this so you may not trust in man, but your trust would be in the power of God. That's where our trust should be, is in God. We win them over by God, power working through us. Powerful among us. When we gather in Jesus' name, he promised to be present. Matthew 18, 20. How many did have to gather together? Two. I know you look around, not very many of us tonight, but I tell you, this could be a great beginning. When we, if two of us just come through those doors and gather together, who's with us? Who's here tonight? He doesn't have to have multitudes of thousands. Brother Sam saw the other day, I believe, in Venezuela where 184,000 people gathered together to hear the man preach Christ. Huh? Or is it Brazil? Okay, Brazil. Can you imagine that? Why did they gather so much? In the book of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John, they came to see Jesus. They came to hear Jesus for the purpose they knew the power was where. Let me ask you, why did Naomi go home? Why did she leave the land of the Moab and go home? She heard what? Bread. Jesus was the bread. She heard there was bread. When people hear there's bread in the house, the deliverance in the house, and God shall supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory. There's a need, a special need for people to be delivered. Some people sometimes have to go to intensive care, right? Sometimes they first go to the emergency room. You can't be admitted anymore in Atlanta Hospital or St. Michael until you go through work. You've got to go through the emergency room. Then you may go to intensive care. Then you may go to surgery. Then you go to what some call progressive room. And sometimes you have to go to rehab. Brother Melvin, it didn't work out the way they thought it was going. He's going to have surgery on Friday and come home, I mean on Thursday and come home Friday. It didn't work out that way. He's still going to be up there for about two weeks. But I believe it's God's plan to heal people. 
I like what Brother Don said this morning. God wants you whole. W-H-O-L-E. When we're talking about healing, we're just not talking about the flesh. The mind has to be healed. The soul has to be healed. Your body has to be healed. He wants everybody what? Whole. Fully whole. Complete in Christ. These wonderful things of God. And Paul said, I've done this through the power of God. Rather, the Spirit proved powerful in the lives of people, leading them to Jesus. The Spirit is present to win people to God. Present to win people to God. I noticed Lyle, Ty Lyle was back today. I don't know about last Sunday. I wasn't here. You know, he hadn't been here in a long time. The Lord is pulling him. No man's going to come except what? It's the Spirit of God that draws people's lives. It's the goodness of God that drew us, and he drew them to God. Acts 2.37 said, in Peter's word, when Peter spoke, said his word was from Jesus. And when he spoke, the Bible said they was convicted deeply in their heart. It wasn't the words of Peter. It was the words that he heard from Christ to speak that word. And when he spoke that word, the word is a spirit. Is that what the Bible says? Jesus says, I cast out demons with the word, and the word is spirit. He said, if I cast out a demon with my little finger, you know the spirit has came into your house. So Peter, brother, was not just speaking a word. He was speaking the word of Christ, which was spirit. And it cut down into their spirit. It's the only thing that can cut into the spirit of a man's heart is the spirit of God. It's the spirit of God that convicts us of sin. How many has ever had God convict you something you said? Anybody else that said you did it, you would have said probably no. But when the Spirit of God convicts, He is not only when He convicts, He heals at the same time. He's a deliverer. When the sword cuts away, the healing balm is applied. He's a healing God. He's a healing God. My, Peggy told me not too long ago, my sister, she passed away in 95. And she told Peggy, said, I'm concerned about my brother Billy. said, he's burning the candle at both ends, that he's not going to live very long. She died at 57. But I want you to know God wants you to be blessed as long as you're on this earth. He doesn't want your family to be ill and things like that. He wants your family to be what? Blessed. Healed. Delivered. Set free. Be a joyful individual for God. Our strength does not come from ourselves. Our strength comes from God. So they was convicted because Peter spoke the word. We find that Barnabas and Saul were sent out in Acts 13. There were five men gathered together, just five men. We already read the scripture where Jesus said, if, if you're there, I'm going to be present. I'm going to be there. And we've got five men gathered together here in Acts 13. And one day these men were worshiping the Lord, and fasting, and the Holy Ghost said unto them, Dedicate Barnabas and Saul for the special work I have called for them. I believe God is moving in such a way today that some of you will be called for some special work. And I'll share more about that Sunday morning if I preach what I'm planning on being here. 
God singled out Abraham. It's not how wise you are, how long you've been in the church, are you willing to submit to what God wants to do in your life. He wants you to be blessed so you can be a what? A blessing, to be a deliverer. So these five men worshiping and praising God and the Holy Ghost shows up because there's more than two there. He shows up, and not only he shows up, he begins to speak. He spoke to their hearts, separate, devote, dedicate to the special service. Another scripture said to the special service that I have called Paul for. Listen, we're not just called in this life to just to be in this life. We have a special service, a need unto God. And I agree with Brother Don. I tell you, the praise and worship here lately has been wonderful. People will be getting to get healed and delivered. They ought to be able to receive the Holy Ghost sitting on the pew. Amen. Come on now. Acts 2 said they were sitting when the Holy Ghost fell. Cornelius' whole house was sitting when the Holy Ghost fell. Because the Spirit of the Lord wants to save people. That's his desire to save people. The wonderful blessings of God. And so, Paul, full of the Holy Ghost, was sent out. I want you to notice in Acts 13 here, he was not called Paul, he was called Saul. I want you to notice too also that Barnabas' name was mentioned first. Barnabas was in charge of that team. Later on, Paul became in charge, but Barnabas is in charge now. And it said, separate Barnabas and Saul for the special work I have called them. Now, we'll read in a minute some of the special works that Paul done. One of the special works that Barnabas had, he was a mentor. Hmm? He was an encourager. He took John Mark when Paul didn't want him. When Paul said, you can't go, I'm discarding you. I'm going to get rid of you, boy. You run off, and I ain't going to have nothing else to do with you. Amen? It's believed that man that run off naked at Jesus' crucifixion was... was um, John Mark it's that they believe that I don't know how they believe that so Paul must have knew that he was a runner offer but I'm telling you hallelujah God has a special work for Barnabas and his special work was to do what encourage who John Mark and Paul saw it after the end of his years about before Saul died he saw the what Barnabas had done in John Mark's life we may never preach a big theater that doesn't matter as long as we are called for special work. And he encouraged John Mark and Paul said, come before winter, bring my coat and bring my books. And what else did he say? What else? He, he, not only didn't he say John Mark, what else did he say? Oh, he's worthy for the ministry. At one time, he didn't feel like John Mark was worthy to the ministry, but Pam, but now he feels like because he's seen some kind of work that Barnabas with the Holy Spirit had done in him. Had done in him. I don't remember. It was a funeral here. Sister Sue felt encouraged to say something to this person. And she did. And this person said, I'm so glad that you had the courage to say that to me. 
We don't see no results yet, but I guarantee there's going to be some results. When you speak what God puts in your heart to somebody else, it is going to seed and come forth. He called them for special works, the special works of these two people. And then we find in Acts 13, 8 and 12, where Paul set out. He met this man was hindering the work of gospel. Paul called him in the verse 10 and said, You're the child of the devil. He cast blindness upon him. He said, You're going to be blind for this because you did this. And the Bible said, When the deputy saw the power of God that worked in that man's life and caused him to be blind, he believed. What caused him to believe? With the power of God working through their lives and blessing their lives. The power of God changing things. Acts 19 and 10, the Bible said Paul was in Asia two years, and he heard the word of the Lord Jesus, and he preached it both to the Jews and the Greek. It is believed by scholars that all of Asia heard the word of God from Paul's lips. He preached it to all of Asia. Then we find in verse 11, and God wrought special miracles. How? By Paul. By taking handkerchiefs or aprons from his body, just touching his body and carrying it home and what? Let's go back to Acts 13 when the Holy Ghost showed up and said, I've called Barnabas and Paul for what? Special work. Special work. Barnabas fulfilled his special work. Paul fulfilled his special work. I heard Jock, uh, Mark Hanby preach one time back in the early 60s. And uh, when he was in some of the foreign countries, what, what they had them suits called seersucker suits or something. What was the name of them back then? Huh? I still didn't get that. Sears sucker suits. That's what he had on. And he preached about the healing power of God. Said they rushed the stage, ripped his clothes off of him, tore them to pieces, and run home with them, and laid them on their sick family members, or members that fest with the devil. And what happened? They were healed. See, this ministry did not end with the apostles. It did not die with the apostle Paul. It did not die with Philip. Philip was not one of the 12. Is what some teaches. Only the 12 had it. Barnabas had it. He wasn't one of the 12. The list is endless. How God is blessed. And it's still endless today. What God wants to do through people. Through people. And when they brought the bodies of the sick and the aprons, touched thing. Heard Mark Candy say one time he had a Upture, rupture. His intestines hang out. He has to keep them pushed back in. He went to the doctor, and the doctor said, Dr. Hanby, you're going to have to have surgery. That's the only way they can fix it. And he said, well, then it won't ever be fixed because I'm not doing it. He went home, laid in his office, and laid his feet up on the desk and pushed his intestines back up inside and prayed. And God said, Mark, I can't heal you. He said, I come because you have accepted I can't heal what you have accepted. You accepted it as part of you, so I can't heal you. 
what did Mark say? I reject it. And what happened? Immediately healing. Don't accept what the devil has put on us. Let's stand up and start rejecting it. I reject it. My household is going to be what? Blessed. Going in and coming out. I refuse. Mark says, I refuse. I reject it. And immediately he was healed. The wonderful blessings of God. I know some of you, if you ever read the book about John uh, Kenneth Hagin, God raised him up. He was a teenage boy. He was on his deathbed, tuberculosis. And the doctor says, you can't live. He done got so weak, he couldn't raise himself up. But he was able to look at the Bible. It was open. He said it was his grandparents' old Methodist Bible. And he saw the words that Christ is the healer. He accepted it. And what happened? Immediately he was what? Healed. He tells a story one time. He was in a conference. And this woman had come for healing. And said, I knew her. Said she'd followed all the faith healers that I knew of and never was healed. And God said, Kenneth, if you listen to me tonight, I'll show you what's wrong with her. And she will be healed tonight. She come down to be healed. And God, Kenneth Hagin said, I looked inside of her. And I saw a little demon look like a little monkey inside of her. And Jesus said, Kenneth, that's her problem. She has an evil spirit. Others have been praying for healing. But I want you to tell this spirit this. In the name of Jesus Christ, you do what? You come out of there. The little demon spoke back. You said, well, I don't know where I believe that or not. They spoke back to Jesus. The legion spoke back to him. But he didn't carry on much conversation with them because they knew he had the power. The demon said, Paul, I know, and Jesus, I know, but who are you? Oh, glory to God. And the little demon said, I've got to come out. He says, you've got to come out, and you can't ever, never enter her no more. He said, that little demon I saw in the spirit, it jumped out of her body, jumped in the aisle, went outside the door, and that night said, I watched it as it went into a tavern called the Blue Lagoon, and that place burned that night. I want you to know that God wants to do special things through people's hands. He's no respecter person. I like what Brother Don says. People say, well, I'm not prejudiced. If we're not working to destroy prejudice, we're prejudiced. We're not to see color. We're to see people that God loves and that God cares for. In that little book that Rhonda gave me, John Hagee said he got a call one day from his mother and said, the doctor said, I'm dying. I can't got long to live. I don't forgot what side of the tumor she had inside of her. It's wrapped all around her intestines. Said it's going to be a long surgery. She won't live after it very long. It's too serious. He said, I was raised in a family that believed in miracles. Nearly every day there was Bible study, prayer in the family. We went to prayer, began to pray. They carried into the surgery. 
about an hour the doctor come out. He said, we've had two thoughts. It's serious than what they thought, or it's not as serious as what they thought. And the doctor said, we don't know what went wrong here, but said that tumor's the size of a acre or a wall. We clipped it out. A few days she feels like it, she'll get up and go home. God wants his people delivered. He wants us delivered. We can do greater and better works when God delivers us and sets us free. I'm going to read you something. I want you to pray with me about this. What God has wrought, the blessings of God. Power is given to the church to do unusual miracles to win people over to God. And you, If you read a lot, you read that people have tell you you don't need sign miracles anymore that was for the early church oh my goodness we got as much problems they got that they had we need it today you just look around us here up there where brother Melvin is there's two people Billy Health and Johnny Sermons and Melvin Coates on the same aisle in compass with a knee replacement he forgot to tell me the name of the girl from Bloomberg. God wants them healed. Hmm? He wants Peggy healed. God gets no glory. And I know she's had some prophecy with God getting glory out of you being like this. God gets no glory out of nobody being sick. If you had time, I'd sit down and show you in the Bible where that is not true. He gets glory out of being delivered, set free from the captives and set free from the things. If we're not careful, people give you the wrong prophecy. And the first thing, and Brother Sam done a wonderful job this morning, everything that looks good is not of God. It may sound good. You're going to have to suffer for it. We suffer by bearing a cross, but not bearing sickness. Jesus suffered by carrying his cross. He bore our sickness where we didn't have to do what? Bear them. So we don't have to bear them. Amen. Praise God. I'm going to read you something now. None of these disease. When Moses led Israel out of Egypt, God made one of the most remarkable covenants with this new nation. We are new creatures in Christ. We're not of the old. There's a lot of television programs goes on about remodeling. God does not remodel somebody. He doesn't, he doesn't re redo you and re put you, re redo you over. He makes you a new creature. Old things passed away. You're new in Christ. Everything about you is new and built over. And listen what the covenant he made with them. You find this in the book of Exodus, the 15th chapter and verse 26. He made it with Israel when they left Egypt. If thou would diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God... And will do that what is right in his sight, and will give ear to his commandments and keep his statute, meaning his word. I will put, or I will not allow, none of these diseases upon thee that I have allowed or brought upon the Egyptians. For I am the Lord thy God who healeth thee. 
Now, he made that promise. I mean, believe that Peggy and I sometimes reading the Bible together, and she said, that sounds like a fairy tale, but it's the true word of God. I will not allow to come on you what come on the Egyptian world. Forty years in the wilderness. How many, how many were sick? None. You read the book of Acts, how many were sick? None. You find in Acts 6, said they had no light. God supplied all of their needs according to his riches in glory. I want us to pray tonight. Stand together for your home that none of these diseases are going to come on your home. You have a promise from God. There's a scripture that Jesus said, I have fulfilled all the things that the scripture has said about me. I have fulfilled all. In Luke 4, he told them, he said, I stand before you today and the scripture is fulfilled in your eyes because of what it says about me. We are the light of what? And we're the what? The salt of the earth. The general manager, it was over, what's his name, Kobe Bryant? He was just killed recently. He said he's one of the greatest players that I have ever coached, committed, dedicated to the game. 20 years, 19 of those years, he played in the all-pro games. Committed, dedicated. God wants us to be committed, dedicated to his word keep his word. He said, then I will not allow none of these what? Diseases to come on you. Would you pray with me tonight and stand? I want you to stand with me and I want to stand with you that none of these diseases are going to come on our families. I didn't mean to stand up, but I'm talking about stand up in our spirit. Stand up in our spirit. The Bible says, no weapon formed shall come against you. Be dedicated, consecrated, Paul is calling us for special ministry of this age and this time. He's singling us out that none of these diseases, and I know my family's got it. I have to admit, Peggy's got, got a disease. Amen. Some of you probably got some disease, but God does not want you to have that disease. Not you sinned anything. I'll share more about that Sunday morning. You don't have to sin or do any kind of sin to have a sickness or disease, but it's not God's plan for us to have that. Let's call upon the name of the Lord tonight. Lord, we come before you tonight. We stand together in unity and harmony. We come against any disease that comes against our family, Lord. We stand on the promises of God, and we believe what you have said, Lord, that our families are healed and delivered and kept free from the things of this world, Lord. They're delivered from the things that comes against them by the power of the covenant that you've made with us, O God. We hold fast to the things of God. We do not waver, God. We do not look to the right or to the left, God. We look up to the common power of God in our lives and the blessings of God in our lives, Lord. Give us this power tonight, God, to flow through us where the world can see that the church is alive and vibrant, Lord, that they can be won by your power and your grace and your mercy unto them, O oh God. We give you praise and honor and thanksgiving in the holy name of the Lord. Oh, Lord, we thank you for such a promise as you've given us, Lord. You delivered us and cared us, God. You keep us, Lord, as the apple of your eye, Lord. We stand together tonight and declare none of these diseases shall come near our homes, God. 
because the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all of our sins, Lord. We heal by your stripes, O oh God. We give you praise and thanksgiving in the holy name of the Lord. We thank you in Jesus' holy name. Praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. Oh God, hallelujah, hallelujah. Who knows who that God will choose here in this service and sign special miracles to them and they do a special work for God. Doesn't mean anybody's better than anybody else. Catherine Kuhlman said that the Lord spoke to her. She had a wonderful ministry, dynamic ministry. Said, I offered to four men before I offered to you this ministry, and none of them would accept it. Will we accept what God wants to do in our lives? Yield ourselves to him. His burdens are not heavy. He's not putting no more upon us. I used to have trouble praying this, but I've got free from it. God does not put anything on us that we cannot bury. He does not. He burdens, he takes away our what? Burdens. So God bless you. Angie, you want to say something? Well, you have to come down here. Can't nobody hear you. But just. There were so many people that wanted her anointing. Sort of goes back to And they said, how did you become so anointed? cost me everything. My ambitions, what I wanted in life, my desires, my dreams, my relationships, everything I wanted. With, I, I had to, most people are not willing to do that. You must be willing to give up what he says. And sometimes he's going to ask you to give up things and the first thing that's going to happen is you're going to start shaking. Because what he wants you to give up is something that you trust in. 